the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney and also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I'm also a Master of the Laws of Taxation Law and a Master of the Laws of Intellectual Property Laws. Now, both of my master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in the beautiful streets of downtown San Francisco. Now, because of my training, my experience, but mostly my lifelong interests, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. And as I've said before, people might think that, why would someone want to practice bankruptcy law? Well, I came to realize that most people have financial issues and they don't know how helpful bankruptcy might be to them and their family or their small business if they're the kind of debtor that the law was put in place for. And I find it to be a very rewarding and intellectually stimulating area of practice. And as I've said on this show once before, you've never seen a client's face light up like the sun with a big smile on their face when you help them legally and ethically deal with their debt such that they can get on with their lives. So that's why I practice bankruptcy law. But I also do debt wealth management outside of bankruptcy, estates and trusts, real estate and taxation law. And I'm proud to say that as part of my practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and vindicate or at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of the various forms of uh, financial er- uh, elder abuse that's going on. Now, you want to see an even bigger smile is to help a senior citizen reclaim some of their funding so that they can have a peaceful retirement and hopefully leave something to their children and grandchildren or their church or burn the money up if they feel like it because it's theirs and not the charlatan that attempted to take it from them. Now, I come to you again today from my self-imposed lockdown in my makeshift studios in my home in the beautiful city of Oakland. And I come to you to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, 
I must once again preface my remarks by stating that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances, and hopefully to provide you with at least an outline of some of the issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. And again, I do this because it's my firm belief that representing yourself in a legal matter, especially one dealing with your finances and possibly keeping a roof over your head and possibly keeping food on the table for your kids, is just like taking a butter knife to a gunfight. And I grew up on Westerns, and I know you don't take a butter knife to the gunfight. Because what's going to happen is if you're lucky, because all of the other people in the courtroom are going to be packing with legal knowledge. If you're lucky, you take your little butter knife full of your legal theories. And if you get real close to your adversaries, you might be able to scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye. But more than likely, because everyone else in the courtroom that you're dealing with on your matter, whether you're bringing a matter or you're defending it, is going to be a lawyer or represented by one. As such, you standing there alone with your little butter knife, even if you sharpen it really, really sharp, likely you're going to be dead on arrival. That is to say, your valid claims or your righteous defenses will likely see the promised land way before you do. So the purpose of Selwyn's Law is to discuss the law related to your money And unfortunately, more likely than not these days, the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you may need to consider to protect your and or your families and or your businesses and or your employees, financial health, wealth and money related businesses. I understand these concepts in this non-threatening educational forum. And, you know, some people ask me, why do I produce this show each week? Well, like one of my heroes from the civil rights movement that I grew up in, the late, great John Lewis, who was laid to rest today as this show is being recorded on Thursday, July 30th, 2020. This show is helping me fulfill my moral and ethical obligations to the center of the universe by getting into and staying in that kind of good trouble that Congressman Lewis challenged us all to get into and how I do it is providing vetted, truthful, thoughtful information concerning the intersection of the law and finance as it impacts all of our economic well-being. Now, today we're going to continue our discussion of Bankruptcy 101. And again, why bother with bankruptcy? What's the point? In some, especially today, unfortunately, as often happens in an economic turndown, individuals, families, companies, and segments of government find themselves in a position where they're unable to pay their debts, also known as being in financial distress and where the debts are large enough to create a great deal of continuing economic hardship, sometimes we need 
a helping hand. We need a lift up. We need a uh, some kind of life raft, and that might be bankruptcy. Again, now sometimes the financial distress or hardship is the debtor's fault, such as when they make improvident financial decisions. Sometimes it isn't, such as where you have unanticipated medical expenses that are not covered by insurance, although it should be, or you go through a divorce and now one household might become two or three and there's not enough paycheck to go around, or it might be the result of misplaced trust in a business associate or a partner who commits embezzlement and leaves you holding the bag. Or it might be the result of the vindictiveness of a person with control over your means of making a living or as a result of a pandemic that shuts down all non-essential businesses in order to save lives. Now, regardless of what causes the financial distress, in such cases, the law of the United States of America as spelled out in Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution concerning uniform laws or the provisioning of uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcy and as currently manifest by the United States Bankruptcy Code, the Federal Rules of uh, Bankruptcy Procedure, along with the appropriate federal and state codes and case law. So what's up with this bankruptcy? Well, it's a legal procedure that can be used by individuals and families and uh, companies and governmental entities who uh, are insolvent. That is to say, entities, individuals, companies and governments that owe more money than they're able to timely pay in accord with their agreement to repay. That could be a contract for buying a car, uh, a contract underlying Uh, The deed of trust, the the promissory note to pay your mortgage, uh, the contract to pay credit card bills as they come due. So bankruptcy allows a debtor to be released from all or part of her debts as part of fulfilling some kind of new contract that's supervised by the bankruptcy court. However, bankruptcies can also be used by individuals and families and companies and governments who are solvent on paper but lack the liquidity to pay their debts as they come due. So this individual or this family or this uh, uh, company or this government can go out while he or she or it or they are under the protection of the bankruptcy court and try to find new funding sources or sell off assets to bring in the cash to pay some or all of the debts in accord with a plan or an agreement or the new contract that's supervised by the bankruptcy court. Now, when a person or an organization initiates a bankruptcy procedure, we say that he, she, it, they filed a petition in their local bankruptcy court that's appended to the district court the federal district court, and asking the court to place the debtor or debtors under the protection of that court, uh, where in a Chapter 7 case, the debtor can either have access to an orderly liquidation of 
her non-exempt assets while keeping her exempt assets to underwrite her fresh start. Or in the case of a Chapter 11, 12, or 13, those are reorganization types of bankruptcies, place the debtor under the protection of the court to give her time to come up with a plan of reorganization wherein she maintains the control of her assets while paying what the court believes is a reasonable amount back to her creditors. And some of that money goes to the group that we're going to talk about, we're going to focus our attention on today, the trustees. Now, uh, the chance to discharge a debt legally and ethically is a unique and crucial part of our capital-based economic system. To understand why, we only need to consider the alternative. And those are the things that would happen to debtors before we and and our, our predecessor country, the United Kingdom, came up with bankruptcy. You could go to debtor's prison, uh, and in some instances, you could lose your life or your family. So, again, my goal this week is to conclude our discussion of the list of key players in bankruptcy and give you an overview of their functions. So, again, who are the key players? In some, they are the debtor or the debtors, if there's um, multiple uh, debtors, such as a, a husband and wife or some kind of family uh, partnership, and uh, the debtor's creditors. Uh, hopefully, the debtor has an attorney because the creditors will have attorneys. There is the bankruptcy court, including the judge and his or her staff. And then there is the um, Office of the United States trustee that we spent a lot of time on last week. So when we come back, we're going to continue our refresher on bankruptcy by honing in on the various kinds of trustees we will encounter, depending on the type of bankruptcy we file. But first, we're going to take a short break, and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue our discussion of today's topic, basically, we're going as part of a series of what is bankruptcy, why is bankruptcy important and necessary to our economy, and just how does it work, and who and what and why is there a need for an individual called a trustee that's part of the bankruptcy process. So let's do a little um, uh, grounding here, a little level set setting. Now, what is a trustee anyway? Well, according to West Encyclopedia of American Law, second edition, a trustee is an individual or a corporation or some kind of of entity that's not a a human being, uh, a legal person, named by an individual who sets aside property to be used for the benefit of another person to manage the property as provided by the terms of the document or court order that created this arrangement. 
Now, a trustee manages property that is held in trust. A trust is an arrangement in which one person holds the property of another for the benefit of a third party called the beneficiary. The beneficiary is usually the owner of the property or a person designated as a beneficiary by the owner of the property. A trustee may be either an individual or a corporation. Now, in general, trusts are useful for, say, investment purposes, and they offer various kinds of tax advantages. Another purpose of a trust is to keep the trust property, usually money, say, out of the hands of the owner because maybe the owner is frivolous or maybe the owner is immature or maybe the owner is known as what is incompetent uh, and or a spendthrift. That's someone who, who money just goes through their hands like a sieve. Now, trustees have certain obligations to the beneficiaries of trust. State statutes may address the duties of a trustee but much of the law covering the obligations is often found in states' case law or court opinions. Now, a trustee is a fiduciary. That means that the trustee is not supposed to be acting on his or her own behalf, but acting, uh, keeping the beneficiary of the trust. They have the highest Duty, that's who the trustee's duty belongs to. A fiduciary is legally bound to act within the confines of the law in the best interest of the beneficiaries. A trustee is a special position of confidence in relation to the beneficiary because a trustee control of the property is an essential part of being able to provide that duty, that service to the beneficiary. Now, most trustees possess special knowledge about trusts and investments, say if if this is a a trust that's controlling money outside of bankruptcy. By contrast, many beneficiaries are ignorant of such matters. And that is why when people have um, dependents that they care about who might not be capable of understanding how to control some wealth that's being created by the settler or the person that's responsible for creating the wealth, you want to leave someone who will act in that fiduciary trust relationship with the beneficiaries. Now, this special knowledge is another feature of the trustee-beneficiary relationship that makes a trustee a fiduciary. A fiduciary has knowledge that the beneficiary does not have And if she was not going to be held to the high standard of a fiduciary, she might abscond with the beneficiary's uh, wealth, uh, legacy. And to do so as a beneficiary is a crime. A trustee must submit honest reports to the beneficiaries and keep the beneficiaries informed of all matters relevant to the trust. Trustees must fulfill the terms of the trust, which addresses such matter as when and how the trust property will be given over to the beneficiary and the kinds of transactions the trustee may conduct with the trust property. Now, unless the terms of the trust state otherwise, a trustee may invest trust property, but must use reasonable skill and judgment in making the investment. 
In some states, a trustee is required by statute to make certain investments under certain conditions. But most states let trustees decide on their own using their own business judgment as to whether to invest property. However, a trustee may not invest property if it is prohibited by the terms of the trust. So th- this definition I'm giving you right now is a 30,000 feet uh, description of what a trustee is. It is someone who's acting on behalf of third parties. Okay, now let's break it down and focus in on bankruptcy. In bankruptcy cases, a court may appoint a trustee to manage the funds or real or personal property of the insolvent debtor who comes into bankruptcy. Now, trustees who are appointed by bankruptcy courts are paid for their service from public funds, or if they get a court order, they're paid with the estate funds. That The estate is what's created by a trust because it goes from Selwyn, who is the settler, or Selwyn, who is the debtor. Her property is put into an estate. Outside of bankruptcy, it might be part of a plan, a, 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 a plan of how Selwyn would want her estate to be settled after she passes on. So there is this fiction of an estate created in um, taxation law and in, in estates and trusts, but there's also an estate that's created in bankruptcy. So when someone files for bankruptcy, all of her real property, all of her inchoate property, such as, um, uh, for example, intellectual property, all of her cash and her her um, her uh, um, savings plans they go into this trust for a trustee to administer on behalf of the estate. Okay, so trustees who are appointed by the bankruptcy courts are paid from public funds or part of the estate upon court order. Trustees who manage trusts for private properties are paid for their services. Uh, compensation as part of the trust document. Okay, so that's just a uh, grounding in trust law. So, what kinds of trustees are there? Well, in a Chapter Seven liquidating bankruptcy, that's the kind where you say, "Wow, I throw my hands up in the air. I can't deal with this. I want to liquidate." So, there is a person appointed by the court, a Chapter Seven trustee, whose job is to liquidate the non-exempt assets of the debtor and divvy them up amongst the debtor's creditors. That's a Chapter 7 trustee. Now, a Chapter 13 trustee um, is for a, uh, an individual who files for bankruptcy who has regular income. So the Chapter 13 trustee slash a Chapter 12 trustee for family farmers and family fisher persons basically handles the administration of paying creditors after a plan has been confirmed by the court but the debtor is still in control of the assets, but it has to pay over a certain amount of his or her income going forward. Now, there's also a Chapter 11 trustee or the debtor in possession can be come up to that level of being a trustee. And so then there's a new kind of Chapter 11 trustee for subchapter 5 cases. So those are the kinds of trustees there are. And the goal of the trustee is to make sure that 
the plan of reorganization or the plan of liquidation is uh, handled in such a way that it fulfills the obligations of the bankruptcy code and the trustees are the fiduciaries of the bankruptcy estate and the debtor's creditors. So we're going to leave it there for now. But in closing, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including the bankruptcy law and their positive effect on our economy and our families and our small businesses and our employees and basically make sure that we have an ongoing economy where people can recover from financial distress. So till next time, take care and please stay safe. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to SelwynWhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. 